Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights besides the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal she cries aloud, Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteousness. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this time, this evening, uh, to come to your word. God, we pray that as we meditate on the truths that are spoken of and as we contemplate what is truly wise, that these wouldn't just be words and thoughts that we can pick and choose from, but we would see that the wisdom and instruction and guidance that you offer and that you invite us into truly does bring life. It brings favor and flourishing and all the things that we seek. And so, Lord, we pray tonight through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would make true these things, both in our minds and in our heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So tonight we are in week four of our series, God Is, and I want a, a few housekeeping things before we start. The first is, uh, I want to thank Josh Cruz coming in and filling in for Brandon, our worship leader. You guys give him a round of applause. He's in the back checking on his, his daughter. And that's another thing, one of the things you'll notice is there was no tent tonight, the Miami weather. When there's a tent and lightning, we have to be inside, and so... I uh, hope you can uh, focus as, you know, we have all the kids in the back, and that can be a little bit distracting. If you're in the back, suggestion, move forward. It's louder back there than it is up here. There are some front rows available. Listen, you know what I mean? It's free, too. Unbelievable. Unbelievable deal. One of the things that we often say here is, as a church here at Crossbridge is we're a two-time church. And, uh, and so I'm going to ask you again to take out your phone and text the number hi, because many of you... When Tommy said that, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so now I'm asking you to take out your phone. No one's going to think you're checking anything else. You can just take out your phone, text hi to the number that you see on the screen. That's our text number. And it, it's because we really want this to be a, a thing that we go through together, that you don't just sit there passively and absorb what's being said, but you're participating. And one of the ways that you can participate is by texting in this number because you're going to see all the slides. You can take notes. There's going to be extra Bible verses that I'm going to reference that aren't uh, found in your worship program, but they're found there on the app. And so I want us to be in this together, that we're journeying through God's word together. This is a conversation we're having 
uh, but you don't get to talk too much. But it's still a conversation that we're going to have together, and ho hopefully uh, we can walk through this passage this morning as a church family. We've been going through the series, as I said, that God is, and uh, this evening we look at God is wise, and as Toby read, we're looking in the book of Proverbs. This is the book of wisdom, written largely by King Solomon, who was known to be the wisest man who ever lived. Though he was the wisest man who ever lived, he was probably one of, if not the most foolish men to ever live as well. You see, he had great wisdom, and yet he was constantly seduced by the neatly packaged foolishness of the world that looks like its wisdom, but is in fact full of lies and destruction. And he tells us time and time again that as he pursued foolishness that he thought was wisdom, he found out later in life that it was vanity. And so he writes this book, the book of Proverbs, for all of us that would interact with it and listen to it to say, don't make the same mistake that I made, which is you have access to wisdom. Wisdom is available to you, but you're content with following after foolishness. And, and sometimes maybe you've interacted with this book before. You think Proverbs is simply just a book that has like short, pithy statements that you can memorize or you can write on a three-by-five card and put in your car or in your bathroom mirror. It's going to give you some nuggets of wisdom. It's so much more than there's so much depth to this book. And one of the things that you're going to see is that this book has two characters in it. Two main characters are metaphorical characters, and the characters are Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And Solomon is constantly comparing and contrasting Lady Wisdom with Lady Folly because he wants you to see the difference between wisdom and foolishness. And so he gives them a character. And he's going to tell us this evening, as he does in the rest of the book, that wisdom is available to you. She's not hidden. You can find it. You know, so much of our life, if you're like me, is searching for wisdom. Right? You're on Amazon. You're looking at all the different books. You're swiping on your Kindle. You're looking up the New York Times bestsellers list, and you're trying to figure out different books for different situational wisdom you're trying to acquire. And so you're reading stuff that will affect your career, your relationships, your parenting, your social life, and you're mining it for wisdom. How many of you in here are podcast people? I subscribe to a new podcast, I think, every single week. It's unbelievable. It's like, I think I need to know this. And so I subscribe to a podcast, and I listen. I, I can't go from point A to point B now without listening to a podcast because I need wisdom. I'm going to get some information that I'm going to apply to my life, and it's going to make me more wise. If you have a Netflix account, you really know the struggle. Because you have your Netflix list or queue, they changed the name. I think it's a list now. How many of you have a Netflix list that's full of 50% documentaries? Okay, maybe just me. Some of you are too embarrassed to say it. It's probably more than 50% documentaries because I'm thinking to myself, I need to know these things. And so I go through the list and I'm like, I need to delete. There's so many shows and movies. And I'm like, I can never delete the documentaries. They've been there for three, four years, never seen them. But I'm like, maybe I need to know about the Freemasons. I don't know. Maybe there's a time in my life I'm going to need to understand more about the topography of China. So I can't delete the documentary because there's wisdom there, and I may need to mine it and find it at some point in my life. You see, we are people that are constantly looking for wisdom, but it's situational wisdom, right? It's wisdom that we can find in a book or a podcast or a documentary that we're going to sort through and analyze and take what we think applies to us, and then we'll put it in our life, our parenting, our relationships our social circles, our career, whatever it may be. 
But the wisdom that's being spoken about here in Proverbs is not situational. It's not wisdom that you just kind of take some of it, figure out if it applies to you. Is this good for me or not good for me? And then you apply it based upon your determination. This is like true, absolute wisdom. It is the umbrella under which every other piece of wisdom falls. This is the wisdom that should actually guide every decision. It should motivate and speak into every aspect of your life. And King Solomon is saying that this wisdom is actually available to you. You don't have to search it out. You don't have to read different reviews. You don't have to subscribe. You just have to be available to receive it and to listen. Look what is said in the very beginning of Proverbs chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? So this is Lady Wisdom. Does not Lady Wisdom raise her voice on the heights besides the way? At the crossroads, she takes her stand beside the gates in front of the town. At the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. So this wisdom, this Lady Wisdom, that is the umbrella under which every other little piece of situational wisdom falls, the true wisdom that we're all seeking, is crying out to you, is calling to you, is speaking aloud. And it says that she is at the crossroads. Meaning, when you're in those places in life where you have different decisions, you're at a crossroads. And you're trying to figure out which decision is wise. She's there, available to offer true wisdom to you. It says that she's at the gates. You see, during this time, many, many years ago, the gates of a city and town would have been the center of the town. That's where people would do business. It was the marketplace. It was where people would hang out socially. And so it's telling us that when you're at work in the marketplace, doing business, engaging in your career, and when you're spending time socially and you're looking for wisdom of how to navigate these decisions, Lady Wisdom is there. She's available to you. And here's what she's saying. Verse 6 and 7, she says, Hear or listen, for I will speak noble things, and my lips will come, and from my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness, wickedness is an abomination to my lips. What she says and what she offers is noble and is right and is good. And abomination and manipulation and seduction, the things that we find oftentimes in the quote-unquote wisdom of the world, is not a part of her speech. It's not on her lips. She offers what we really want, noble, right, good wisdom. And she says in verse 8, all the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. The wisdom that Lady Wisdom offers you and me is just and excellent and virtuous and noble and right and good, and there's no twisting and there's no turning. You see, that's one of the things that's true of us, is that our wisdom constantly twists and turns. Despite our best intentions, we often make foolish decisions that at one point we thought were wise. We spent a lot of time analyzing the decision. We got different input from different people. We processed it. We wrote pros and cons lists. 
And then we made the decision that we thought was wise. And as we walked down that road, we realized we overlooked obstacles. We didn't see certain issues. And all of a sudden, the path that we were taking that we thought was noble and right and good was a foolish path. And it twists and it turned, even though we desired something different. Despite our best intentions, our path twists and it turns. There's many things that cause us to remember this. One of those things is the stock market, right? Despite your best intentions, analyzing and processing and listening to podcasts and all the different things on when to buy and what to buy, it can result in a foolish decision. Your wisdom can, in fact, twist in a way that you never imagined it. How many people heard from every different source and every outlet and every relationship that buying a home is safe in 2004 and 2005 and 2006 and 2007. That's where you're going to put your money. That's the wisest place to invest. And 2008 happened. Despite our best intentions, wisdom can turn to foolishness. We have relationship drama that comes up unexpected with friendships and we don't know how it happened and we're trying to pursue a good relationship and all of a sudden something rears its head and we never expected it. It was an obstacle we never saw. It twists and it turns. Many parents in the room know that despite your best intentions to make wise decisions and wise, you know, environments for your kids that you later realize that some of the things you did were foolish or unwise. This is our abil- we have this ability as human beings to take things that are foolish and justify them and call them wise and to twist and to turn, and, and our wisdom is, is shallow. Many of you know this, and some of you don't, but before uh, Jessica and I, and, and now Roman, came to Crossbridge almost three years ago, it's crazy, March will be three years, we, uh, we were planning to go to Boston, and uh, wow, that would have been cold. So we were planning to go to Boston... For years, and I'm, I'm born and raised here, okay, but I thought, I can do it. So we felt called to church plant, and we were going to move up there. We told everyone in our life that we're moving to Boston. We began to plan and to prepare for that. We took trips there. We met with church planning networks. We met with other churches. We got to know the layout of the city. We fell in love with the city. We found a neighborhood that we're going to move to. We went and looked at real estate. I mean, we were on the journey to move there. And I had a really genius, wise idea, which is this. Boston is cold. I'm from here. I only have a cardigan. This is a problem. And winter clothes are expensive. So I knew how to get sweaters and jackets and corduroy pants, and I don't even know what else. I was just trying to gloves, the whole thing. It's like, how how am I going to acquire all of this? So I thought. At the end of the winter fashion season, going into the spring's fashion season, they have massive discounts on winter clothing, especially down here. Genius. I'm going to purchase all the different sweaters and jackets and corduroy pants and gloves and things I'm going to need for Boston when it's massively discounted so that when we move, we got everything we need. I'm ready to go for six, seven months, 10, I don't know, 10 months. I don't know how cold it is forever up there so I can brave the winter. Well, I put the cart before the horse, 
And despite what I thought was wise, it ended up being foolish because now I could wear a different outfit for three, four weeks in a row. Right now, I, if it dips below 70, I'm like, should I wear this sweater that I've never worn before? I mean, I have so many cold weather clothes, it's unbelievable, and I'm going to use them at some point. I literally looked at the, the weather today, I was like, man, it's 72, I don't think I can wear another jacket. But I wore this, like, jean jacket, you know, but I was like, I have other ones that may break out. Despite my best intentions, what I believed to be wise, it ended up being a foolish decision that takes up closet space. This is our ability, right? <laughs> An uncanny ability to make decisions that are foolish when we believe them to be wise. We twist and turn, but wisdom has a straight path. You know, one of the things that we fall captive to, this is what Lady Folly says to us, is that you know where wisdom is found? Right here. Wisdom is found between your ears and behind your eyes. And so if you want to find wisdom, get wisdom, absorb content, read and listen Take in all the different quote-unquote wisdom that is offered and figure out what is wise for you. If it's good for you and noble for you and right for you, then it's wise for you. That's foolish. That is foolish. Because we twist and turn and we're incapable. We're incapable of making wise decisions. And here's what Lady Wisdom says to us. She says that her paths are all straight to him who understands, and write to those who find knowledge. So take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. See, Lady Wisdom is, is saying to you and me that her path is actually straight. It doesn't twist, it doesn't turn, and what she offers us is better than silver, it's better than gold, and nothing can compare with it. No situational wisdom can compare with what she offers because she offers what we desire, life and favor and fulfillment and purpose and meaning and resolve and the steps that we're taking going forward. You know, all throughout the book of Proverbs, there's this little statement where King Solomon says, get wisdom get it. Take it. It's available to you. She's calling out at the marketplace and in social settings and at the crossroads. Get it. It's available. So the question is, okay, what's wisdom? <laughs> if I'm supposed to get it, I need to know what it is that I need to acquire. The next chapter, Proverbs 9, has this very famous verse. we Listen to as our call to worship this evening. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, remember we're a two-time church. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what is wisdom? How do you get wisdom? Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So as you begin to acquire true, absolute wisdom that will lead you on a straight path that is noble and good and right and doesn't twist and it doesn't turn and it's better than silver, it's better than gold. It begins with a fear of the Lord. Okay, well, what is that? Does that mean that you have to live your life afraid of God, that he's going to judge you and condemn you for all of your unwise decisions, and so you need to work at kind of 
getting better at making wise decisions and increase your goodness and follow God more perfectly so that because you fear him, he's going to give you wisdom. That's not what it means. Often when you read the phrase, the fear of the Lord, you hear that that phrase means to revere God, to be in awe of who God is. And that's true. That's what it means. The fear of the Lord is to be in awe of God. It is to revere him for who he is. But that's still a little obscure, right? Like, okay, the beginning of wisdom is being in awe of God. How do I get there? How do I find that? And it's honestly a little bit of a cop-out to paint it like that because the verse doesn't say the beginning of wisdom is starts with an awe of God. It says the fear of the Lord, not the awe of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. So there's some respect for who God is, that he's holy, that he's separate, that he's powerful, that he's just. There's a, a healthy fear and respect for the fact that God is uncreated and infinite and different. So to fear the Lord is to be in awe of him, but it's also to respect him for who he is. I want you to imagine uh, climbing a mountain. Not really a big fan of climbing mountains, but I want you to imagine climbing a mountain because there's an amazing view at the top. I'll climb a mountain for an amazing view. And so we're climbing a mountain. You're climbing up. You get to the top, and there is this cliff, and you stand on the edge of the cliff, and you look out, and it is unreal what you see. Mountains just going as far as the eye can, can see. It, the sun is setting, and it looks like someone's painted different colors across the sky. And as you look at some of the rolling hills, there's like a blue hue that's right over top of the hills, and the green grass and shrubs and trees are vibrant. And you look down, and there's an adjacent mountain with a waterfall cascading down the mountain and splashing on the rocks into a small pond, and there's a little river, and you're, you're taken aback, like you're just in awe. Wow. This is beautiful. Unbelievable. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a storm. And you didn't see the storm coming. And this storm is powerful. I mean, the wind is aggressive. It's pushing you. You feel like you're going to fall off the cliff as the wind is pushing against you. And the rain is coming down. It feels like rocks hitting your skin and your face. And all of a sudden, the tree next to you gets struck by lightning. And the thunder is reverberating in your head. And you're full of fear. You're afraid. Like, you're powerless against this storm. There's nothing you can do. But then, as... The storm is raging all around you. You look behind you, and there's this little cave. So you run really fast, and you get into the cave, and you climb into the cave, and once you're in the cave, you realize that you're safe. The wind is no longer pushing against you. You're no longer getting pelted by the rain. In fact, the thunder is now even a little muffled. But you can observe the storm raging outside of the cave, and you have a healthy respect for the power of that storm, but you are so grateful that you found a cave that is safe, that's a refuge. See, this is what it means to be in fear of the Lord. 
is to recognize the beauty of who God is, to be awe-inspired at his faithfulness and his provision and his goodness as you look upon God's character, but you also feel the weight of his power and his justice. It feels kind of like a storm, but the good news of the gospel is that you've been given a cave to rest in. You see, you're not afraid of God's power that he's going to cast judgment and condemnation upon you because you're not in the storm. You've been invited into a place of safety through Christ who took the storm for you on the cross. He gave his life. He absorbed the judgment and the condemnation that you deserved. All the wrath and the power of God was poured onto Christ. And through faith in what Christ has done for you in his death and his resurrection, you've been invited into safety where you can actually observe who God is and be in relationship with God and be full of awe and reverence because you see not only his beauty but his power and you know that God loves you and he's given you his grace and a cave by which you can find safety. You're not fearful that God's going to judge you, but you feel the immense gratitude that God has provided you refuge in him through Christ. You see, this is the beginning of wisdom. When you view God this way, when God is beautiful and powerful and in you rises up gratitude because you have been given a safe place out of the storm. You see, when you start there, why would you not trust what he says for your life? Why would you not listen to his instruction? You're not going to run out in the storm and just say, I got this. No. You're going to trust his wisdom. Listen to what Lady Wisdom says. She says, and now, O sons and daughters, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Listen to what I'm saying and don't neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates and waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. And all who hate me love death. You see, wisdom is saying that when you begin with an awe and a reverence of who God is and a respect of his power and a gratitude that you have found refuge and safety in your relationship with God through Christ, you begin to walk a path of wisdom because now you recognize that what the Lord offers you and the wisdom that is found in his word brings life and favor. And to neglect that is to injure yourself and bring death to the decisions of your life. It's like running out of the cave in the storm. Why would you do that? Stay in the safety of the cave and trust and listen to the Lord's instruction when he tells you to go. This is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, trusting and listening to his instruction. One of the things that's interesting is that all throughout the book of Proverbs, as it says, get wisdom, 
and we just said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It then also says use knowledge. It attaches getting wisdom and knowledge together. They're interchangeable. That really famous verse that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right after that it says, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Who's the Holy One? Christ. Knowledge of who Christ is and what he's done for you, that you have a refuge and a safe place by which you can access and be in relationship with God and view all of his attributes and his characteristics and his power from safety, that is understanding. There's a a great pastor from the 19th century, an English preacher that is named Charles Spurgeon. He has this wonderful quote. He says, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and all greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool, but to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. Wisdom is using knowledge. It's the right use of knowledge. And Proverbs backs this up as it ties the two together. You see, wisdom is not how much you have in your head. It's not how much information you've consumed. In fact, the greatest fool is a person that thinks they're wise because they have a lot of information in their head. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is using knowledge well. And so what is the knowledge that you're to use? Well, what does Proverbs say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One, of Christ Jesus himself is understanding. And so what are you to know about Christ? What's the knowledge that you're to use in every decision that brings about wisdom in your life? The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 in the New Testament, he says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. It's foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The knowledge of Christ that we are to use is the reality that because of the cross, we are free from God's judgment and his condemnation and his wrath because that's been poured out upon Christ. We're free. We're forgiven. We're loved. We have grace in our relationship with God. We're free to make unwise decisions and to turn back and say, God, I want to follow you now. As Kristen shared in her story, we are given grace to follow after the wisdom of God. You see, you may may have people in your workplace or your friends that say to you, why in the world would you trust the wisdom of an ancient book? Like the book's 2,000 years old. We've evolved. We're progressing as people. Why would you trust the wisdom of a 2,000-year-old book? The answer is the cross. Why would you not? If you believe that Christ has died for you, why would you not believe that the words that he says to follow that bring life and favor and flourish into your life do in fact bring that? See, the cross is wisdom for us. And so if you're not using the knowledge of who God is in Christ in every decision in your life, then the decisions you're making are foolish. 
Every decision that you make in your career, in relationships, in parenting, in your social life, wherever it may be, if you're not bringing the knowledge of God and who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ, your forgiveness in Christ, your safety in Christ, from which you can view God as provider and faithful and in control and present and all the other attributes that we're talking about in this series, if you don't bring the knowledge of God into your decisions, then you're never going to find wisdom. Wisdom begins with fearing the Lord and using the knowledge of the Holy One as understanding. That's how you find wisdom. And it seems so obscure because we find wisdom by reading something and listening to something and determining what we think is best instead of resting in the reality of who God is, being in awe of who he is, revering who he is, finding safety in the cross and seeing that as wisdom and then walking out of that saying, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe what your word says. I'm going to trust that it's right and it's noble and it's good and it brings me on a straight path that brings flourishing and favor and life because how could I not if you have given your life for me? How could I not? I want to leave you with a verse from uh, the book of James in the New Testament. He says this, and this is an encouragement to all of us as we're sorting through the decisions of life at crossroads. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Not go to a podcast right away or read a book or watch a Netflix documentary if you're like me. Like, if you are looking for wisdom, ask God. And he gives generously to all without finding fault. He doesn't find fault in you. He's given you the cave to rest in because of the cross, and it will be given to you. And see, when you begin with fearing the Lord, you can begin to trust him because sometimes when God gives us wisdom, we reject it. But when you begin with fearing and being in awe of who God is and finding safety in the cross, you're free to walk and to follow his wisdom. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you that you have offered us wisdom. We thank you that your wisdom, as we see here in the book of Proverbs, that it's available to us, that you are crying out for us to listen to you and to trust you and to believe that your path is noble and right and good and straight. Lord, we pray that as we Think on all those decisions that we have, all those places where we feel lost and confused of which path to take and what to do. We pray that we would just begin with you, that we would begin with a fear of who you are as we sit in awe of the beauty of your character and we respect your power and we find just deep gratitude for the cross that gives us safety where we can know we're loved, and that we receive your grace. So Lord, help us to ask you and to trust that you will give generously the wisdom that we seek, and would we be people that through the strength of the Holy Spirit, we would follow it, and we would walk after you and find straight paths. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.